You are now tuned in to the Storm Tracker Podcast. Welcome back to the Storm Tracker Podcast. Marcus Benjamin here, chilling with my guy Frank Tucker, representing the crib, South Florida. We both collectively represent CanesCounty.com, part of the Rivals.com network. And make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all platforms and also subscribe to this YouTube channel live from Canes County. And whew, Frank, it's, it's about to be a doozy of a national signing day on Wednesday for the Miami Hurricanes. Miami Hurricanes have a chance to really make history here with the amount of players they could potentially flip. And we'll get to all of those in a second, but right now Miami currently stands at 27 commitments ranked seventh in the nation, which is already in itself an impressive class. But there are some concerns of some of these guys that are committed to potentially not sign tomorrow. So if, you, if you've been to canescounty.com on Canes Talk on a message board, then you've seen maybe a couple of players that we expect not to sign, of course, Kavion Broussard, one of those players uh, decommitted and is now uh, committed to Ole Miss. But um, earlier today, we saw a tweet from Kendall Jackson, who it was it was just a weird tweet overall, but it, it just kind of made people think that, OK, well, sounds like he's going to flip back maybe to Florida uh, based on what he said. Uh, he said that he wasn't signing with Miami today, which today obviously is not signing day. And he put in asterisks. Um, I didn't mean Florida, which kind of uh, seems like he's he's probably going to flip back to Florida. What do you think is going on with this Kendall Jackson situation? I think he's probably dropped by Miami. I think he kind of rushed the commitment on his own. Miami strategically places out their commitments. They're usually at seven or eight o'clock at night. Uh, where everybody's, you know, available to see what's going on. He dropped his very, very, er, very much earlier in the day. Um, Really, nobody was kind of expecting it. It, There's usually a wave of momentum that goes into it. it, Like I said, Miami's strategic when they drop their commitments. And I think Kendall Jackson kind of did it on his own and and rushed the process a little bit. And I do think that he was a player that Miami liked. Uh, He, he, you know, was a, a, a multiple time visitor. There was communication from the Miami staff. And I think that he was nearing a commitment with Miami, but he might have rushed the process. Yeah. And listen, he's a Gainesville native. There's that still that Florida ties. And, and listen, Florida's losing a lot in this class. They're going to do whatever <laughs> yeah. they can to try to to build some momentum. And he is a four star prospect. So I, I I'm in total agreement with you that he could be a potential take for Florida again. But remember, there was some rumors that it was a mutual separation between those two parties when he when he did decommit the first time around. So we could see that this could be a longer recruitment for Kendall Jackson than expected. But I kind of expect this one to be more of a drop by Miami rather than him flipping somewhere else. Understandable. And, and Jackson, he could potentially sign maybe in the traditional signing day. So definitely a situation to watch to see if he indeed signs on early signing day. A player that we're not expecting to sign with Miami is Vincent Shavers. Uh, Shavers uh, was was committed for a while, and it looks like he took a visit to Nebraska. Uh, do you think he signed with the Cornhuskers? I do. I do. I think that 
they have a focus on South Florida a little bit right now. We, we've seen that in the past with them be un, you know, with it be unsuccessful. But I think that they have a couple of coaches on staff, Cooper, which is who's in the recruiting department, and then they took Homestead's head coach in the last class. Uh, those are two guys. I mean, in the last cycle, that they they're two coaches that are going to be recruiting South Florida heavily, and they've done just just that. Jacory Barney being another guy that they took, Boodle, uh, Dwight Boodle, last class. So I, I think that he ends up there. He, I heard the visit went really well. And I do think it was a mutual separation of ways, uh, once again, between Miami and Vincent Shavers. The communication just wasn't there uh, for the last couple months, at least. Um, and, and listen, it, he's probably a better fit at Nebraska that, that is looking for some talent rather than Miami that's you know trying to add some veteran talent and high-end uh, you know talent at each position. So... I think he signs Nebraska. This won't be a Miami spot. Definitely a good find for Nebraska, for sure. Vincent Shavers, outstanding talent that we've been watching for years um, at Pace and, you know, at Central. Um, so uh, definitely wish him all the best. Uh, Nebraska also got Dylan Riola, which is like, what? Uh, that, that was like one of the big stories. Uh, so definitely things going on over there in Lincoln. Uh, another concern was – for me, I, I guess, was Elijah Lofton because Texas was making a big push uh, for Elijah Lofton, uh, the four-star tight end out of Las Vegas, Bishop Gorman. Do you think he eventually signs with Miami? I do. I do. He, You know, everybody posts the 10-day uh, tweets uh, saying that, they, you know, we're 10 days out from signing with Miami, and he wasn't one of them. But he did post the next day that he was nine days out from signing with the University of Miami on his Instagram story. So everything I think is there for him to still sign with the University of Miami. I haven't heard any really run, rumblings about him going a separate way. I did hear some rumors that maybe Miami would take a tight end in this class. You know, that's still a pretty full room. Uh, pretty much everybody comes back except for Jaleel Skinner. Uh, he, he did sign two two in the last class, but I think Miami brings him in as an H back type player, and he's a really good, really good football player overall. Can play running back, can play a H-back, like I said, can play traditional tight end despite being a little sawed off. But everything I'm hearing is that he is going to sign with the University of Miami. Awesome. Uh, definitely need uh, a tight end, and he's the sole tight end in the class. So certainly hopeful. hopefully they hold on to Elijah Lofton. A player that's been kind of quiet on social media also didn't post the graphic uh, 10 days ago, about 10 days until signing day, was Elias Rudolph. And this is a player that obviously flipped his commitment from Michigan to Miami when he committed to Michigan. It was rumored at that time that he might commit to Miami and uh, it's just been quiet. So just uh, it's concern on my end. Um, are you concerned with Elias Rudolph signing with Miami? I don't think so. I think this is kind of like a Collins Ashenfong situation where they prioritized him pretty early on in the process and flipped him from a big school. He is still a four-star prospect and an intriguing player. He came down here in South Florida and, and kind of lit things up for the spring that he was here. And I, I think that Miami's looking for pass rushers. I, I don't think that he's not a take. I just think that social media has been quiet for him. He was injured for pretty much the entirety of the, the season with the shoulder injury. Uh, his Instagram did get hacked. So I really, I, I think it's been more of a thing of the kid not being on social media, little being, you know, uh, him being a little bit of away from the spotlight instead of him being a drop. So I, I do think that he signs on signing day. Definitely good news to hear for Hurricanes fans uh, because this defensive line class is 
going to be historic. Uh, but before we get to how historic that could be, uh, the last concern is, of course, is Kevin Riley. There's been a lot of rumblings about him flipping to Alabama. Obviously, he's from Tuscaloosa. Alabama is very close to his home, his actual home. Um, so it's it's looking like this could be possibly a Bama flip. It's unfortunate because Kevin Riley is an outstanding running back. Maybe the flip of Jordan Lyle had something to do with it. Do you think Kevin Riley ends up flipping away from the Hurricanes? Unfortunately, I do. Unfortunately, I do. I, I still think he was the number one player on the board for Miami. Still probably is. But it's hard. We, we've talked about this time and time again where it's hard to get the arguably the best player out of Alabama when yes. Alabama wants the kid. Auburn as well. Like This was a kid that he had the option to stay home. He's from Tuscaloosa County. It, yes. It's he, it, He's right in their backyard. It's If Nick Saban yes. wants a kid, usually he can go get him. And I think this is one of those situations where – he finished his cycle. He finished the cycle visiting Alabama. They probably told him everything he wants to hear. Miami does have two other backs in the class. So the argument that he's going to come here and be a bell cow probably isn't there for Miami. I know that they see him in an Alvin Kamara type role at the University of Miami. And I, I just think the success at running back at Alabama, the chance to stay home, the chance to play in the SEC, they, they – there is going to be some openings at, at Alabama at the running back position coming up. How do they not? How do they not pull this out? For me, I do think that he ends up signing with Alabama. I think that Miami is going to continue to push until the final moments. But for me, I think he ends up flipping. Miami will be fine though. They got two really good running backs in this class. Chris Humphrey is a speed guy. Jordan Lyle is more of that balanced player. It's it's still a really good group for Miami. Chris Wheatley Humphrey likely going to play in the Day County versus Broward County uh, game that Frank here is spearheading. Uh, that game is coming up on Friday. Now let's get to the good stuff, Frank. The potential flips, man. I, I mean, they, they're going to be flipping like Flapjacks, Dominique Dawes, Simone Bowes, whatever, whatever metaphor you want to put. Uh, there's going to be some flips tomorrow to Miami. The question is just who, who is it going to be? Now, they eat the 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 most prominent, I guess, uh, a flip it, that most people are talking about is Armando Blunt. Uh, I mean, his mom has been very vocal about you know uh, as far as their relationship, as far as Miami and, and the Blunts themselves. They obviously visited. Last weekend, instead of visit, visiting Tallahassee, all signs are pointing this this one to Miami. Uh, you think my does Miami flip Armando Blunt? One hundred percent. This got ugly with Florida State. It's it, 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 it's Miami. One hundred and ten percent. He will be signing with tomorrow. Yeah, um, that'd be a huge, huge get for Miami. Obviously, he's a five star. I mean, he's just had like a, a crazy year. Uh, in itself, reclassifying. I believe the kid is still just 16 years old. You know, uh, hey, Dillard, Dillard, top, Dillard, top juniors. They, they, they make things interesting, don't they? They, yeah. <laughs> this is two years in a row where it's been pretty interesting. Him and Tuan, uh, Antoine Jackson. You know, it's listen. The, Miami's done a really good job of making 
Armando Blunt knowing that he's a priority. Yeah. That central relationship is a real thing. The Dillard relationship was a real thing. Yeah. He has multiple friends that are in the program. Nigel Kelly was an early mentor to him. Chris Johnson is is a kid that he's he's familiar with as a friend, former teammate. He, he listen, I know that all the all things he said was that he wanted to be at Florida State, but how do you turn down Jason Taylor? Yeah. I didn't see that. And, and I think that was the big thing that Jason Taylor had to convince Armando Blunt that he was locked in as defensive line coach of the University of Miami. And I think every bit of communic- communication has indicated just that. So, uh, I, listen, it, it worked for Miami, and they're going to get one of the best players in the, in the 2024 class now. Yeah, I think this is just the case where home is where the heart is. Uh, I, I think he just is familiar with a lot of the players on, on the team, and I think that matters to him. And then obviously being coached up by a Hall of Famer and, you know, and of course, Cristobal and his staff, uh, they're elite recruiters. And I, I think they they just went out just with uh, proximity and, and you know, the, the vision that they have for him. I, I think that's a good fit for him and his family. The other big whale, of course, is Jeremiah Smith. We've been talking about him probably on every podcast. And it, it, we're pretty much at the same place that that we are like every time. Like, okay, he's, he's committed to Ohio State. Ohio State putting NFL players in the league. I mean, one made a game-winning catch last night on Monday Night Football. They got another one that could be potential – top three pick in, in, in this draft coming up. And we all know about his relationship uh, with uh, Hart, Brian Hartline as well. But staying in Florida is appealing uh, for not only Blunt, but Jeremiah Smith as well. Is Miami going to flip Jeremiah Smith for the last time? <laughs> uh, they didn't get C.J. Bailey. I think that hurts the process. They did get Jordan Lyle. They have a relationship together as friends. And flipping him from Ohio State definitely makes things a little bit more intriguing, especially with the narrative that Miami has now flipped to Ohio State, big-time prospects in the cycle, including Mark. And then you add Mark Fletcher in the last cycle. Miami's in Ohio State's back pocket really heavy. I, I think that they have a house divided right now in regards to it being Miami or Florida State. I don't think people are necessarily pushing to Ohio State as him. Just Miami and Florida State. Ohio State's not in this conversation. I think this is a Miami-Florida State. I don't think he signs with Ohio State. I don't think he signs with Ohio State. My gut tells me that he's going to go to Florida State. My gut tells me that he ends up at Florida State. My heart tells me that he ends up at Miami. I, I think all the signs are there. His teammates are all going to the University of Miami. I think that Miami is going to offer more in NIL. Um, I, I think that there is a side of the family that wants him to stay home at the University of Miami. I think that there is a heavy side of the family that wants him in, in Tallahassee. Uh, you know, I, and unfortunately, you know, Miami finished seven and five. Florida State proved that they're one of the best teams in the country this year, going thirteen and zero. The Keon Coleman reception for them it was like when you go to a Florida State game and everybody's chanting one player's name where you have upwards of like 80, 85,000 people in the stadium, that that helps the process, man. He can be the man in Tallahassee. Now, listen, I know that being in South Florida sounds way more enticing for you and I 
than it would be to be in Tallahassee. But if the college experience is something that is important to these kids, especially if you're from South Florida, where you don't necessarily get that on a week to week basis. I think that he ends up at Florida State, unfortunately. But I do think that Miami is not out of it. And and this is going to come to the last minute. And I would not be surprised if he doesn't sign on signing day. Remember, it's a signing day window. So he might not sign tomorrow. This is, could be something where they, maybe things don't even get announced tomorrow. It could be announced at the All-American Bowl. And, and that's something that I would watch for. So for me, for me, I still think it's up in the air. I don't think anybody has a true idea, including JJ, on exactly where he wants to go just yet. I do think that there, you know, there's influences from the five stars and the and the big time players in this class. Like KJ Bolden is in his ear. Uh, you know, you, you got Jordan Lyle and Zaquan Patterson in his ear. JJ, I mean, uh, JoJo's obviously in his ear. Uh, you know, there, there's Charles Lester was a teammate with him at SFP. Lewayne McCoy is a teammate of his, longtime teammate of his, in his ear. So overall, it's just one of those things where. Which side is going to win out at the very end? I think it's probably going to be Florida State, but I would not be surprised to see it be Miami. I would be surprised if he ends up at Ohio State, though. That That is actually just surprising to hear that you would be surprised if he actually sticks with his commitment. Because in, in from my perspective, I think he's going to stay with Ohio State just because we kind of saw this last year with Brandon Ennis, right? Uh, Brandon Ennis was, you know, we, we were talking about him flirting with Miami for – basically the entire year and he ends up sticking with Ohio state for the same reasons that JJ talks about going to Ohio state, you know, just having the opportunity to be an NFL uh, player and being trained by Brian Hartline and that, that whole thing. Um, and he'll have, and JJ will have Brandon Ennis already there in the program. Um, so I don't know. It, it Obviously, you, you you're probably a little bit closer to this situation than I am, but it just seems odd if he doesn't um, commit to Ohio State at this point. But um, hey, uh, stranger things have happened, and that's why a National Signing Day is fun, and um, we'll we'll see how it all shapes out in the end. Another player that could possibly flip to Miami is. Xavier Lucas, uh, this player here uh, at American Heritage High School, outstanding DB, committed to Wisconsin, visited Miami last weekend. What do you think are the chances that Miami can flip an Xavier Lucas from the badges? My, Miami is heavy in this one because family wants him to stay home. Family does not want him at Wisconsin. I think that Miami is a favorite to flip in right now, but I also think this is another situation where he does not, he might not sign tomorrow. This might be something that extends out to the end of the window. That I can definitely I, see. I, yeah, I, I think he's at a conflict. I think he's at a real decision conflict right now, a real commitment conflict right now, because I don't think, I think the kid wants to go to Wisconsin, but I think he's intrigued by, by the potential of being at Miami, the American Heritage Pipeline that is there. The, the fact that his his family wants him at Miami, Florida State not really being a realistic option at this point because they've added so many cornerbacks in this class. I, this is a tough one. Miami's pushing hard. They've been pushing hard for a couple of months now. If I had to make a guess, I think he flips to Miami. But I would I, I don't necessarily think that he ends up signing tomorrow. That That's a big worry for me is that he's going to say – I'm just going to wait this out a little bit 
and, and think about this for some more because everything that I'm hearing from people is that he is really conflicted on what to do. That, that there is some travel issues in, in regards to getting his family out to games at Wisconsin. Uh, obviously, NIL with Wisconsin and Miami can't compare the two. A chance to stay home and put on for South Florida. The, the opportunity to play corner at the University of Miami is, is really appealing right now because there's not as much competition as you think there would be at the University of Miami. Remember, you know, you got guys leaving that position. And you got some guys that haven't really been as successful as thought they would be coming to the University of Miami. I think Demetrius Freeney was then, ended up being a flop out of JUCO. Robert Stafford is, is still taking some time to adjust. Tamari Brown is a guy that they – and Jadias Richard are two guys that uh, could end up being safeties, depending on what happens with that position outside of Zaquan Patterson – and obviously out of the transfer portal, you got two guys right now that fit the mold. And I like Jaden Harris, but you still have some depth issues. You still have some depth issues there. So depending on what happens at that position, he could play early at the university. I and mean, we saw it with the Maury Brown this year. So he fits the mold of what Miami wants at the position. Now, you know, great long speed, elite length. He's about six foot two, 175, 180 pounds. Uh, played out on an elite program, which was an American Heritage, got further development at the cornerback position, had a really good year this year, showed some good ball skills, had some multiple interception games. I, I think that he's a guy that, that fits what Miami wants, and I do think he ends up at Miami, but I wouldn't be surprised if he extends this out a little bit longer. Yeah, that should definitely be an interesting one. Uh, Xavier Lucas is a player that I, I just think can – really shut down one side of the field. Uh, I, I really think he has that type of ability uh, once he gets to the next level. And yeah, I, I think it's a loyalty thing with, with Lucas. I think he feels like it's almost like with, with the whole Cedric Bailey situation, it feels like, you know, uh, I, I think these kids really value loyalty and, and, and schools that have shown them interest um, that, they, you know, feel like is legitimate or, or sufficient. Um, and, you know, the, I, I don't think they, they like the late pushes, um, even though it could be actually genuine. I, I think that could be, you know, the determining factor with Lucas and as I think it was with, with Bailey. Miami is Pushing late for an Adarius Hayes as well. Uh, the linebacker committed to Florida. This is a, a player that I think is is an ideal player to add to the class because you potentially are losing a Vincent Shavers. Uh, he also visited uh, last weekend uh, to, Co to Coral Gables. So things are seem to just be moving in a direction for the Hurricanes for Adarius Hayes. What say you? Yeah, the, the issues of Florida recruiting right now are glaring with a lot of their top prospects. Just lost their number one overall prospect, basically, to Texas. I think that they lose Hayes to Miami. Miami's been pushing with this one heavy. Uh, coach D. Nick, the linebackers coach, has built an incredible relationship with Hayes. Uh, everything I heard, even when he was saying I'm 110% committed, was that Miami still was in it. And they've been pushing all the way through. He's been the guy that they – he's the Kevin Riley of the linebacker position for Miami in this cycle. They have pinpointed him as the number one guy, six foot four, moves like a guy much smaller than that. 
hitman for a reason. Like, just he's a really good player. And like Miami's been telling you the whole whole entire time Mario Cristobal's been here, they want NFL-style players at every position. And this is what an NFL-style linebacker looks like, not Corey Flagg. This is the transition that Miami's trying to make. And I, I think that he ends up flipping on signing day or even as potentially as early as tonight. I would not be shocked. <laughs> yeah, that that would be a big get uh, watching the highlights of him right now. Uh, you could you said hitman, and you could definitely see why they call him that. He brings the wood, certainly. Uh, another Florida prospect that Miami was interested in, uh, they he visited a few times uh, this season was LJ McCray. But it seems like this is another Florida commit, by the way. It seems like he is going to stay true to the Gators or maybe go elsewhere. But Miami seemed to have fallen off as of late. Any potential flip chance for Miami here? Nah, nah. I think he ends up at Auburn, honestly. I think this is going to be a flip to another SEC school. Um, that I'd be watching for Auburn in this one. Auburn's, you know, heavy in that IL game as well. And listen, yeah. they, they've been recruiting – at a really good rate and multiple five stars in this class uh, and they're kind of rolling. And, and I think that they see blood in the water with Florida. And I, I, I think that this is another top prospect for Florida. That's going to end up going away from them, but it won't be to Miami. Interesting. Uh, disappointing for, for some of to not get McCray, but his teammate Xavier Mincy seems like the only uncommitted player that Miami is really in the race for is still a possibility uh you know xavier mincy safety uh you look great in in the state title game what do you think are the chances uh, that miami can get a commitment or or have him sign tomorrow uh to miami what's really interesting is they're actually looking at him more at corner and despite everybody pinpointing him as a safety at the next level the, the relationship with coach adai is has been building he's kept everything really under wraps he's not even he might he's going to sign tomorrow but we won't know where he's going to end up going until the all-american bowl which is going to make things interesting over the last few weeks so i don't really know what's going to happen with him i i think that it, it's it's still a florida miami battle i think that the issues with florida especially if mccray ends up going to auburn kind of pushes him to miami uh, you know, there have been rumors that he's been silently committed through the entirety of this process, but Miami doesn't really take silent commits. So that's why I was a little bit worried about that. Overall, I do think that if he ends up at the University of Miami as a versatile cornerback safety type player. I know that at the free safety position, they've been targeting guys that can play man coverage in the slot when needed. And he's fits that mold. He's a long kid, 6'2", 6'3", type length. Nice frame, elite speed, good ball skills. Been in the state championship game, I think the last two years. Last two uh, years, yeah. Yeah, and, and he's been a and he's been a star. He's been a star, and he's done it at both safety and cornerback. So I, I think he's the type of player Miami wants. Very similar to Xavier Lucas, a quiet kid that has really good athletic traits. And Miami, uh, I think, is in a good position here. I do think he ends up at Miami. We will, of course, monitor that. I think Miami's probably focusing on who is announcing, you know, uh, I guess verbally announcing their signing uh, 
uh, since he may sign and not officially announce until the All-Star game. And to, so until, you know, that happens, I, I would imagine the Miami is going to continue to push, even if he decides to sign with another school. With all of that recruiting talk uh, with National Signing Day coming up tomorrow, we still have the transfer portal as well, Frank. And quarterback has not been solidified as of yet. Everybody pretty much wants Cam Ward to make his announcement and and you know commit to the Hurricanes. Uh, but Will Howard is also a name that is 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 being floated around uh where do you think miami goes at the quarterback position is cam ward going to be a hurricane yeah i don't know what cam ward's going to do honestly it's a little bit weird right seems like he's been not wanting to rush a decision but miami kind of needs a decision from a quarterback especially to kind of solidify things as as soon as tomorrow okay the rumors are starting to come out that kj jefferson former arkansas quarterback who had a prolific career but a bad 2023 has become an option i don't think that he's the guy that they would like to have as a first as a first dip you know option but i really still feel good about where miami's at with will howard right i know that usc's gotten some predictions from him everything that i'm hearing is that he is not locked in with usc despite their their continued push that's more boosters putting things out there miami still got a shot miami still got a shot i don't think that the quarterback market with nil is what people think it is like two million dollars number being thrown out don't think that's true there's any truth to that but the dominoes are continuing to fall right oregon's kind of oregon's grabbed two of the the top options out of the portal michigan state grabbed their guy right florida state's probably going to end up with dj uh, from Oregon State, uh, it, Miami, Miami, I think is going to come down to Cam Ward and Howard still. I, I think Jefferson's more of a really emergency backup option. I think it's yeah. Howard. If in my gut, I feel like it's going to be Will Howard. I know that everything has been Miami's number one guy on the board has been, uh, you know, Ward. I don't know if that's the case, man. I think that they've definitely been interested. They both came on visits. There was heavy conversations. Obviously, the pictures came out on Ward a little bit more than they did on Howard. But remember, Ward is more of a social media kid than Howard is. Howard's one of the more reserved. He's more of a reserved player. Keeps things very tight to the you know to the vest. Family heavily involved in his recruiting process. I think it's Howard. If I had to put if if I had to put a bet out there, I think Howard ends up at the University of Miami. Interesting. I, I like Howard as well. I'd rather Ward. I think most Hurricane fans would rather Ward. I guess he's more of the flashy splash name, uh, but I like Howard as well. I would be, however, disappointed if I heard Jefferson was the name um, just because uh, I, I just don't think he has the I mean, if you're going to go with Jeff Jefferson, you might as well go with Jakari Brown. I mean, I, I don't think it's that much of a difference in talent, you know, but like you might as well try to develop Jakari Brown if you're going to go with a KG Jefferson is basically what I'm, what I'm saying. Um, so I'd rather them get a Howard or Ward. Hopefully they get one of those two quarterbacks because once they do, they can, you know, use that as a pitch, you know, for, to, to get other players like, Hey, we got our quarterback squared away. Uh, this guy's a proven winner and this is how we're going to make a run at the ACC championship. Right before we get out of here, man, I do want to talk about 
uh, just the potential of this class, man. Th this class has the potential to be the number one class. Like, let's let's have that conversation. And there, the potential is there because if you can flip um, on, on Armando Blunt, like we talked about, a Jeremiah Smith, like we talked about, and maybe another five-star that I just kind of heard as of late that could be a big possibility uh, the player that I will not mention at this time, but <laughs> this is a player that Miami has been interested through the entire cycle. He is a five-star player, and uh, he did commit to another Power 5 school. But if they can get that player as well, I mean, this, this class has potential to have four or five five-star players after having a seven-win season. So I have to definitely shout out Mario Cristobal and his staff for what they are doing here on the recruiting trail and then potentially in the transfer portal. This is, this is unbelievable what they are doing and the potential of this class could potentially change the entire trajectory of this program so just you know just to close this out frank you know just your thoughts on what this 2024 class could potentially be listen with what miami's doing there's going to be 2022 there were pieces that miami added under mario cristobal in that partial class basically right the wesley the saints and, and kids like that were, were big Right, 2023. That's where we saw the real transition into elite, elite territory for recruiting. Now we're starting to see top five territory. I think once we see, like, you just got the number two linebacker in 2025. If you can sandwich three top ten classes together for the University of Miami in 2023, 2024, and 2025, you are in a national championship trajectory for the University of Miami. And I know people are going to say that's blasphemy. I know that people are going to say it's homerism. But this is the this is the method, right? You you continue to build the trenches. This is what Georgia did. They they they, they just put the their, their foot down on the gas on the offense and defensive line, built up the trenches tremendously. Were elite at the linebacker position and running back positions. Got guys that they felt like were system fits at quarterback. Put some elite athletes out there at receiver, which is what Miami is doing. And and develop some defensive backs that. Maybe some were projects, but they had traits that fit what the NFL was looking for. And Miami is following that method to a T. I, I, I love where Miami is going. I love where this 2024 class is projected to be. If you land Jeremiah Smith, yes, this is a chance. There is a chance that Miami could be a top two class in 2024, which is something we've never seen from the University of Miami ever. Like, you can talk about that Miami Northwestern group that came in. You can talk about early 2000s where you were getting five-star guys. You, you can talk about anything that you want to bring up. Miami's never done what Mario Cristobal is doing in recruiting because if he adds four, five, five-stars in one class, nobody in the nation is going to touch that because that means you're stealing guys from Ohio State. They're going to drop down in the rankings. That means that you're taking guys for, you know, that were potentially Alabama guys prior or Georgia guys prior, and you're making it so that Miami is in a position to be strong at virtually every position on the field, and the transfer portal is helping at that quarterback position. I love where the roster is being built out at. 
which is the trenches and building around the trenches, right? So overall, overall, man, Mario Cristobal has done an excellent job. I know people, you know, don't, they don't like the slow play of what this program has done from five to seven, five and seven to seven and five with a bowl game, potentially making eight, five, but slow progress is better than no progress. And, and Miami has done a good job of continuing to build this program in the right direction under Mario Cristobal. This class is going to be special and I think it's going to add momentum into 2025. Absolutely. I, I think what's great about this class is that they have a special player pretty much at every position. Um, you know, at a receiver, you have special players in, in JoJo Trader. And at running back, now you have a, a Jordan Lyle. Uh, this offensive line, I think, is underrated. I, I really like Juan Manaya. I really like Fran- Franco uh, Villa. Uh, I, I really think Derek Plaz is, is going to be a player. Um, the defensive line, obviously, is the strength of this class. And then you got Zaquan Patterson, um, who could potentially see the field maybe in year one. I mean, we saw that with Damari Brown last year. Uh, I think you have potential stars at every position uh, right now, just right now with the seventh-ranked class. So if you add more big-time prospects and recruits to this class i mean wow um once again i i just want to commend cristobal his staff and everybody over there at coral gables and what they're doing after a seven win season maybe be eight we'll we'll see what happens in the bowl game but that is going to wrap it up for the storm tracker podcast make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all platforms and also subscribe to the website canescounty.com for free use the promo code Miami 30, we'll be posting our, uh, the signees once they sign. Also, any information that we learn will be on the message board, Kane's Talk. Until the next episode.